Hey everyone, uh, welcome back and good morning. It's currently Monday, it's 10.37 a.m. And um, we have an update on the, uh, the uh, sorry, there's so much going on. I've been doing so many things. The bowel gas digester itself, um, I've been dealing with a um, leaking solar hot water heating panel for the radiant floor heating system that's underneath the bowel gas digester. Um, I ended up getting three free panels. Um, they were going to discard them and throw them away. Um, luckily, the first panel I put up and hooked up runs perfectly fine with no leaks. The second panel I put on was actually a lot smaller than the first one, and that one had actually a lot of leaks. Um, so I removed that panel, and I put on the third remaining last panel I had, and it sprung a leak, but not bad at all. So yesterday, I went ahead and put some... Gorilla epoxy. It's it's that clear epoxy that you can buy from like Home Depot or Lowe's or like a you know hardware store or whatever. Um, so I had some of that stuff sitting downstairs, so I didn't have to buy any. Um, but I went ahead and um, yesterday I ended up putting uh, mixed it up, put some of that epoxy on top, and I let it um, dry up for about ten minutes or so at least. And it's supposed to be fast drying at five minutes. I went back and I went ahead and added another coat of epoxy on top of that and I basically let that sit overnight so way earlier this morning I decided to go out there and check it and it was dry so I'm good to go so I go ahead and just put a little bit of water on because the sun hasn't come all the way up earlier in the morning so that way if I do have another leak someplace else or if I need to add a second coat I have some time to do that before you know the sun comes all the way up and starts heating the panels so that way I can actually start using the panels so I'm trying to get a jump start this morning um, so I went ahead and put water in the, in the line, and the repair I did yesterday is holding. Um, but then, um, on the next fin, I noticed a pinhole leak. Uh, and the reason why we didn't see it the other day was because majority of the pressure in the water was coming out of the other leak. Um, so uh, this morning, I went ahead and mixed up some more of that epoxy, and I covered up that pinhole leak, and I let it sit, and it was actually sitting for... I don't know, maybe three hours at least, um, curing and drying. Um, so I just went out there and I went ahead and um, put water back into the lines, um, into the solar hot water heating panels and the grid and all that. So I basically have a relief valve and a fill valve. So I go ahead and open up the relief valve and I go ahead and turn on the water really slow to start filling up the panel, start filling up all the piping. And then I just let it run until all the air is coming out of the relief valve. Once all the air is coming out, I shut the relief valve off and I instantly turn off the water because I'm not trying to pressurize the system because it's going to create its own pressure when it gets hot. Um, so as of right now, it's holding. And so I'm crossing my fingers. This might be the way to go on fixing these panels because I've never had to fix panels like this. You know, I mean, I've done copper plumbing and stuff like that, but the copper is way thicker. It's not as thin and you know, you can solder it. It's not like a pre-manufactured product where it's, they're using machines to build these things, you know. And so I didn't know the correct way of fixing it. So the first way I tried to fix it was try brazing it with solder. And I did accomplish some, but I still couldn't stop the leak, you know. And because the metal is so old and so brittle, every time I would heat it up, it's like I'm deteriorating the pipe. And it was getting it worse on the last panel. So I took that panel off, I put the new panel on, I made the repairs with the Gorilla Epoxy. I'm not saying you have to use that, but that's what I had available, and it seems to be working. So um, right now, I also moved 
the plug um, for the circulation pump um, over to the other panel because that's the inlet coming from, you know, the colder line coming from the biogas digester grid. And so I, ran, I moved the plug over, remounted the plug, plugged in the circulation pump. And so now it's back to normal, technically. The only thing I still have to do is put the glass back on that panel. But I don't want to put the glass back on until I let this run for a while. Because if I notice any more leaks, I can address it without having to remove the glass again. Or, or if I need to add a little bit more epoxy on those other joints, um, then I can go ahead and do that as well. So as of right now, I'm just waiting for it to heat up hot, um, hot enough. Uh, and then that way we can actually, the pump will turn on automatically. So I have these, um, how do I say this? I have the um, hot water circulation pump for those panels plugged into a plug that I ran out there. And on the other end of that plug is it's plugged into a smart plug. That smart plug is integrated with my Sonoff TH16 temperature sensor that reads the temperature of the, the collectors, right, of the actual pipes, how hot they get. And then I'm using an app called um, IFTTT in order to integrate them together to work together. So I can dictate at 160 degrees, go ahead and turn on the circulation pump and start pumping that hot water um, out of the panels and under the biogas digester. And in return, it's pulling the colder water from, you know, the lines or underneath the biodigester out and replacing it with the hot water. So then the colder water goes back into the panels. Uh, and then I have it set to where basically when it hits 130 degrees, um, it shuts the pump off. Because I only want really hot water running through the grid because, you know, there's going to be heat efficiency losses and it's really windy out here. So I want to pump only hot water as much as possible under the biogas digester. So at 160, it turns on automatically, and 130, it turns back off. And it just basically does that all day long. That's how it was working before with one panel. And it's been working really great. So I have, um, you know, all these things integrated with each other in order to make it very smart. Uh, and then I can obviously um, change those temperature set points um, directly through my phone if I want to. Um, I may actually be increasing the temperature even more. Um, the cut on point, maybe I'm going to let it run how it is now first, make sure we have no, no more issues, but if we're good to go, then I may actually let it run up to maybe 175, maybe 170 degrees. Cause I'm currently at 160 and the panels are rated at 220 degrees, 212 to 220 degrees is when the pressure relief valve will actually open to relieve the, the heat and the pressure. So as long as I stay below that, I'm good. Now, obviously, I don't want to get to 200 degrees, um, but anywhere between 160 to maybe 180, somewhere in there, might be the sweet spot. But I'm going to let it run the way it is now just to work out any more bugs. But if this repair does hold, which is looking like it will, um, I'm just going to go buy more of this Gorilla Epoxy stuff. And, um, you know, I'm going to keep it on hand. So that way in the future, if I spring a leak someplace else on one of the other grids, or even on my regular solar hot water heating panels for my house. Uh, if I spring a leak, I know how to fix it now, you know? So that might be a good tip for you guys um, that, you know, there's other epoxies you can use. I'm just saying that's the one I used and it seems to be working. So um, I do have a fix now for the future. So, you know, as you do projects, you learn things along the way. You know, you may not know how you're gonna fix it right away, but you need to take it apart, see what's going on with it, evaluate the situation, 
and try to figure out what can I do to fix this. And obviously my first fix didn't work. It was making it worse on the other panel. So um, <laughs> then I switched to something else and it seems to be working. So, you know, sometimes you just got to try things, you know, think outside the box. Now, since I learned what I did with this epoxy and if it's holding up great, we'll see, time will tell here. Um, I may be able to fix the other small panel that had all the leaks in it, the, the one that had the major leaks. I may be able to actually fix that panel. Um, but before I get ahead of myself, I just want to get the first two panels up and running like I wanted to and working flawlessly. If these two hold up really well, then I will be repairing that other panel. And I may put three solar hot water heating panels on the heating system for this biogas digester, which is really going to take it up a notch. Really, it really is. Um, so I'll give you guys an example of something real quick. So um, in, in my industry, what I used to do for a living, I used to own a couple of companies. Um, <clears throat> and one of them was we did heating systems for swimming pools. And so <laughs> um, it's kind of funny because when you run water through a heating system, Technically, the slower you run the water through the system, the better off you are because it can heat the water more efficient. And when the water comes out, like in, in this instance, into a swimming pool, um, the water is way more hotter. It's way hotter. The temperature is way higher. And so, um, you know, we would, you know, put a whole bunch of these solar hot water heating panels on, but not the same as the ones we're using here. The ones that we would use are these big black plastic they're really big. They're usually um, four foot by 12 foot long, okay? Or even 13 to 14 feet long. Some of them are really big. And um, it's just a plastic, um, kind of like, how do I explain this? It's kind of got, um, it's just one big plastic flexible panel. And it's got a bunch of little grooves in it where all the water runs through. And there's like hundreds of them, hundreds. So that way it takes the bulk of the water, divides it up into thin lines and runs it through the grid, which the sun is heating. And so that's how you heat swimming pools a lot of times here. If not, you because we, you know, we're in Hawaii, so we can use the sun to our advantage to heat swimming pools and stuff like that. But obviously we can use heaters and a lot of homes have gas heaters, propane heaters, uh, you know, electric heaters, whatever, in order to heat that water. And so the, the theory here is when it comes time to heating a body of water, what you do is like what we used to do in the industry for a swimming pool is we take the surface area. So if the pool was say 10 by 20, right, or bigger or smaller, or whatever, we would need double or more the amount of heating panels to heat that body of water efficiently. Okay. So if we need, if the pool size was say 10 by 20, then technically we would need a um, 20 by 40 grid of solar hot water heating panels of that plastic stuff I was talking about in order to heat that pool pretty efficiently. And that's how we used to size these systems. And obviously we would put even more on somehow, you know, some properties and some homeowners and stuff like that, you know, money is not an issue and they really want to heat their pool up, but they don't want to wait. They, they want it going, you know? So and a lot of times we would put three or four, five times the size of these solar heating grids um, you know, we would build a frame for them, mount everything, plumb everything into the systems, um, put actuators and um, temperature controllers and sensors and all this stuff on it. And that pool would always be pretty much warm. You know, some people want their pool at like 83 degrees nonstop, 
you know, they're very picky, some people. So, um, you know, I do have experience with it. So now if I was to take that same terminology and apply it to this biogas digester, where do I fit in as far as the square footage, right? So the biogas digester is about um, 60 inches, 57 to 60 inches wide, and then about 13 to 14 feet long. It's technically like 13 feet something, but let's just assume it's 14 feet, right? And let's assume that it's at least, um, it's minimum of four feet wide or, you know, five foot wide, sorry, five foot by, uh, you know, say 14 feet. Well, that would mean that in order to heat the, the biogas digester, I would need to meet or exceed the surface area of, you know, that square footage I just explained in order to heat that very efficiently. But there is one big difference. The panels that we're using to heat this water is way more efficient than the heating panels that we use for swimming pools. Okay. Why? Because they're in an enclosed insulated box. These copper coils are running through, right? They're in there. Um, it's painted black and it's got a glass cover to encapsulate the heat. Like I always tell people, imagine just putting your, closing up all your windows, sitting in the sunlight in your car and just put your head in the windshield. It's just going to get hot and it's going to get hot quick because it's encapsulating. It's kind of like making a thermal barrier, right? And so these panels that I'm putting on are actually, you know, way more efficient at capturing the heat and holding the heat and, and maintaining that heat compared to the other panels where they're, they're not encapsulated. There's no glass over them. There's no insulation. When the wind blows on them, it cools them down, you know, that kind of stuff. And there's a reason why we don't use these panels for swimming pools because they're very costly, extremely costly to the point that it doesn't make sense to do that. So, because remember, you have to cover the square footage of the surface area of the pool and usually um, two times it, right, in order to be efficient at heating that pool. So, when we look at the biogas digester in a hole with what I'm doing, was one panel enough? One panel is not enough to completely heat that thing all the way up. And I'll admit it, it's not, okay? But because of the size of these panels, and now I have two of them, I am now exceeding the square footage of the surface area of this biogas digester, okay? I'm exceeding it now. So now I should have a way easier time heating this biogas digester up. Now, technically, if I was able to fix that third panel and put it in line with the other two panels, then I would not only be exceeding it, but I would be going above and beyond, which means I even have more heating capacity. And now keep in mind, solar hot water heating systems for swimming pools or like for your home and stuff is a passive system. So it only gains heat when there's heat to be gained. So if it's super cloudy, you get no heat. I mean, you'll get some and you might run a couple cycles and that's it. But you're not going to get a whole lot of heat out of it if it's super cloudy and bad weather all the time. But if, it, if you're in a sunny area and it's hot, they work extremely well, extremely well. I'll give you guys an example. The water that can come out of these panels, like when I was hooking it up for my house, it is so hot, it'll literally burn your skin off of you, the water coming out. When I first started testing my panels and I was flushing them out for my home, I was running the water through the bottom in, um, input and letting it come out the top. And I was running it at a very low rate of um, volume of water, very low rate. Because I was flushing the system, checking for leaks, that kind of stuff. And the water coming out literally burn the grass. 
it was so hot, it literally burned where, you know, where all the water was coming out. It burned the grass. That's how hot. I never seen like water get so hot that it could like burn a, burn the grass. That was pretty impressive, <laughs> you know, and I'm keeping the water running through it. And I go over there and just touch it real quick. You know, I'm like, whoa, this thing is hot. Like, wow, it's amazing how efficient these things are, you know. So, um, yeah, we are getting better at um, sizing the grid, um, the, the solar hot water heating panels to the biogas digester. Now, obviously, if I had a half the size of this biogas digester, I wouldn't need to be putting as many panels on. But then again, too, it comes back to this. I have the panels. I acquired them for free. And sure, there may be some corks or some issues that I may, may need to work out. But in the end, I didn't have to buy those panels and they're expensive. So if I have to just go and deal with a couple leaks and, you know, buy even, you know, 40 or $50 worth of epoxy just to epoxy everything, that's cheap. That's extremely cheap because the going rate of one of these panels is anywhere between $1,200 and $2,800 for one panel. So there's a big value that I'm saving, obviously. So a company that was just going to discard them and throw them away, I grabbed them for free. I hauled them for free. I picked them up for free and I'm using them. You know, that's the best case scenario. So if you can find some panels that are maybe in good shape <laughs> that you don't have to repair, uh, then you have less headaches, obviously, and you get them for free and you're good to go. Um, but, you know, if they, even if they have issues, things can be fixed. It's just you got to figure out how to fix them, you know. And like for me, I didn't know how to fix these panels. You know, I tried soldering it because that's the most common thing I'm thinking in my head. It's like it's copper piping. We solder copper pipes all the time. You know, let me try to, you know, solder over the holes. Well, that didn't work so well. It just, it's just a headache. So now the epoxy is stepped in and we'll see. We'll see. Um, so as of right now, the, the temperature sensor on that solar hot water heating panels, um, I believe is at 125 degrees right now. So it's, it's heating up, it's heating up, but it won't heat up as fast because remember I have the glass off of one of them. So it's going to read the temperature from one of the panels, which is what I wanted to do. Um, and then once it goes up to that temperature, it'll go ahead and push that water and start moving that water around. And then once that first cycle happens, the first two cycles happen, the water in the pipelines are now warm and getting warmer. So that means it takes way less time for the pump, the, the circulation pump to turn back on to start heating and moving that water again. And it just keeps speeding up through the day, right? And then it gets to the point where the water, you know, coming out of the panels and going back into the panels are getting to the point where they're starting to equalize. You know, so the pump is not staying off as much. It's staying on because we wanted to pump that water and circulate that water. We want to exchange the heat to the biogas digester. We want the, the water coming out and the pipeline coming out of the, the bottom of the biogas digester to be warmer or cold because that would mean that we're exchanging the heat properly. So, yeah, I'm just going to watch. I mean, it is cloudy today. Um, we have some pockets of sun, but like I said, it's now almost 11 um, a.m., um, but I'm looking really far out there and it looks really, really cloudy. So we'll see if we're going to be able to heat this up today and test it um, to see if it's actually going to turn on today. Um, but hey, that's just part of running these type of panels, you know. Now, if you didn't want to do any of this work, you could just put heating elements in, but then you're paying an electricity bill or you'd have to compensate for more solar panels, which costs money as well. So either way, you know, you're going to be looking at some type of cost somewhere. So what I'm trying to do is use a very passive system that costs me almost nothing to heat this biogas digester. But it does come with some downsides. 
that when it's cloudy and it's a bad weather, it won't heat too much. You know, and if it does, it's very little. If it's really, really bad weather and really cloudy, then it won't heat at all for that day. That's just the trade-off, you know. You can't, everything has a trade-off in life, no matter what it is. You may not see it right away, but there is a trade-off on, on most things, if not all. So, yeah. So I'm excited to see what happens. Um, I'm actually going to go out there and mix a little bit more epoxy on that second repair, the one with the pinhole. Just because I know I put um, three coats on the other one. And why not? If I don't use the stuff in the, the tube, it's going to get hard. So I'm going to go ahead and mix up the remaining balance of it. And just put it on that other pinhole leak. And maybe put another coat on the other one just for extra measure. You know, why not? Because if I don't use it, it will harden on me. So I have to use it. Uh, then I'll probably pick up a couple more of those epoxy tubes. Uh, and just keep it on hand for the future. It's, I'm glad I had it under my house. You know, if I didn't have it in my house, I'd have to run the town, go spend money, buy more, blah, blah, blah. So I'm going to buy a couple more, put them under the house for a rainy day, and then I have them just in case I need them. You know, putting some epoxy on that and taking apart is, to me, a waste. It's a lifesaver compared to me having to buy brand new panels. Because if, if someone was to ask me, hey, would you, just, would you go and just go buy new panels for this project? I would say no. I don't want to buy new panels for this. Because new panels cost a lot of money, you know? And then you got to really start thinking about if you put too much money into a project at some point, you got to think about when do you actually break even, right? And so I'm, like I said, looking for the long-term haul here, 15 years or more, well, until the life of this house or until I'm no longer here on this earth. So I'm looking for the really long-term um, goal here. But, you know, will these panels start breaking down in the future? Sure. Everything does. Nothing lasts. But at least I have some ways to mitigate the, the issues along the way if they arise. And then I can keep moving forward and have free gas, you know. And then maybe in the future I'll come across even more free hot water solar heating panels that are maybe in better shape. And then I can swap them out, you know. But am I going to go buy new panels for them? Absolutely not. It doesn't make any sense um, financially or <laughs> economically, really. It doesn't make any sense to do that. So, um, yeah, if you guys are not going to do what I'm doing, which not many people are. In fact, I don't even know anyone that's doing it like this. You know, I'm experimenting here and it seems to be working because it was working with one panel. So, um, you know, each his own. You know, there's many ways to heat something. There's many ways to create what you're trying to create. You know, you don't need a wind turbine. Maybe you just need solar panels or maybe you need wind turbines and not solar panels. Right. You know, there's so many aspects to everybody's situation. It's never the same. You know, like I said, I have another home on the other side of the island. And if I was to apply the same principles here, there, it would be overkill, 100% overkill. And it would be 100% extra time and money and effort that I do not need to put in because the environment is completely different. So everyone's, you know, environment where you live will vary. And those environments will dictate what you're going to have to do to overcome some of those environments. You know, so in my case, we're... You know, it's windy, it's cold, and it's windy all the time. So I'm having to supplement something in order to achieve something, if that makes any sense. <laughs> now, obviously, if it wasn't windy and, you know, it wasn't as cold as it is up here in the mountains, it would be a different story. I wouldn't need half this stuff. I'll just set up the biogas digester and just let it rip, you know. It's <laughs> super cost effective. Um, but you know, I love experimenting with things and just trying things and thinking outside the box and 
you know, if you fail at one thing, you just got to keep trying. You know, at some point you will get it right. You know, just got to push forward and try, try, try. So anyway, uh, I may update you guys this afternoon because um, I'm going to be monitoring that system to see if we either spring more leaks or if it's actually working like it should or what's going on with it. So stay tuned, guys. Keep your head up. Never give up. There's always a solution. You just may not see it right away, but it'll come to you eventually if you keep trying. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. See you guys in the next one.